We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hey everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to the Broad Street Hockey Facebook Live post game. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. For one reason or another, uh, you can hear me now, but I still can't see your comments. Uh, this will probably be our last Facebook Live. Uh, we're going to switch over to Twitch at some point, and based on the action today, uh, it's going to be like for Thursday's game. So I'm going to have to figure out Twitch. But uh, let's just get into this, because that was a hell of a fun game. I know I'm in a worse mood now because of everything that just happened with the Facebook, but i got to be a professional. i got to refocus. Let's do this here. Uh, let's, just, let's just get this out of the way. Woo! All right, 1-0, baby. Come out against the President's Trophy champions. Get four goals. Put, put them away, basically. Just that number one seed, come out and look strong. Uh, I read all these notes earlier, but you couldn't hear it, so let's just get into it, and maybe by the time I'm done, I'll be able to see your comments. Who's to say? Who is to say? All right, so yeah, uh, uh, early on, they started slow. We've seen that out of this team before. They, are, they have been slow starters in the past. When they weren't that good, they were slow starters. This season, when they were pretty good, they still started slow, but... Uh, they've had a little bit of a different feel this year. We talk about that forecheck and how they really get after teams. It takes a few shifts. It takes a few minutes to really get going, to really have an effect. I've called it the running game for this team all year. You don't run in the first quarter because you think you're going to go for 40 yards and a touchdown. You do it because when you do it in the fourth quarter, the team's worn out and you're going to be able to hit them even harder. And that's what the Flyers' forecheck has been a lot about this year. Wearing teams down, getting on them, forcing turnovers later in the game. Just takes a little, it takes a few minutes to get there. And after a little bit of sloppy play in the first, man, the Flyers really came in and got after it on the forecheck. And it's not just about the dump-ins. It's not just about dumping it in, going and retrieving it. Yes, that's a big part of it. But it's about the pressure they put on in the, in the neutral zone. It's about denying zone exits and creating second-chance opportunities off of uh, you know, bad breakout passes and things like that. They've been able to capitalize on that 
quite a bit this year, and we saw it again today. And then, you know, they get a couple of rush goals, too. Uh, I thought the Flyers' depth really showed today. Obviously, the Raffle injury is a real killer. You hate to see that. He's part of that depth. He has two points today on the fourth line. Um, but you just see it. He has the goal because of that awesome Sanheim walk-in pass, and then, you know, Raffle, credit to him for putting it away. Nate Thompson has a goal. Phil Myers contributes. Scott Lawton gets that nice... Uh, Gets that nice far side goal on the rush, opposite of the uh, opposite of the rush goal Myers had. Just a great effort all around from all four lines today. Uh, after that slow start, I really thought the Flyers got going, and I want to credit Elaine Vigneault for having his team's legs good. The the Bruins just did not seem like a team that was ready to come out and compete at this level for 60 minutes. The Flyers absolutely did, and that's why they kind of walked through this one. Carter Hart, obviously in the beginning and at the end, uh, was tremendous. He just looked so damn good, Um, solid, confident, just looked like the best version of himself, that that guy who doesn't make crazy saves because he doesn't have to. He's just there. Uh, That's what Carter Hart looked like tonight, and if Carter Hart or today, I guess, that if Carter Hart continues to play that way, goddamn, this team is going to win a ton of playoff games this season. I was th- That was probably the most exciting part of the game, seeing Carter Hart ready to go, but that Sanheim-Myers pair, um, we've been optimistic about their potential. They didn't look great in the exhibition, but they showed their ability uh, you know, all day today. They're uh, I thought Sanheim just was a little sloppy in the beginning, but the whole team was sloppy in the beginning. He just happened to be the one who flubbed the breakout pass or two, just a little too casual. But you see their overall potential, their reach, their size, uh, and their offensive instincts. Phil Myers, uh, I thought a lot of the forwards were trying to get a little too cute, especially the the skill guys, the top six guys, trying to make a little too much happen rather than just get it to the net. Phil Myers gripped it and ripped it, scores a goal. Say, mm, excuse me, Sanheim with that nice little walk-in play to dish down the raffle down low. You see their you see their potential and how they can play a big role as the second defensive unit uh, just off of those couple of plays they made alone. Really, uh, really exciting to see. What else? I thought they attacked the middle of Boston's D early on, and I thought that led to uh, led to the success their forecheck had later. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, Hart was solid. The penalty kill picked up right where it left off. Um, really liked seeing that, just not giving Boston any time or space. That was their thing all year. We're going to challenge them in the neutral zone. We're not going to make entries easy. Every mesh point, if they're going to mishandle a pass, we're not going to let them fumble around with it and pick it back up and still have time. And I thought they picked up right where they left off there. Boston just did not seem ready to match the intensity of the Flyers. And I'm going to continue crediting uh, Elaine Vigneault with that. Uh, yeah, I wanted G to shoot on one play. I just thought I thought the, 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 the top-end skill guys, the top six forwards, kind of were not messing around. I thought they were just trying to get a little too cute, like I said, trying to make too many things happen. And you see Nate Thompson just throw it. You see uh, Phil Myers just rip one. Uh, that's, that's what you need to do, I think, especially in this early going. And think about the Flyers' deliberate straight-ahead style. I just think it's going to be real beneficial in these playoffs. We saw that sticky puck on the ice. Uh, it's humid there. I thought all year this team was going to be a good playoff team with the way they play hockey. Uh, their straight-ahead forechecking style, kind of keep it simple. Uh, get your mismatches down low and take advantage after you forecheck the hell out of them. And watching the game today, uh, the broadcast pointed out a few sticky pucks. Ice surface isn't great. 
It's only, I mean, there are some people who think maybe since it's been idle a little while, it's going to get better at these as these playoffs wear on. But it's 90 degrees. It's it's going to be uh, it's going to be hard to handle pucks, and the Flyers I think are built to uh, to persevere in these circumstances. I'm really looking forward to watching them and how their style uh, continues to affect teams. Doesn't look like anyone has really been ready to uh, deal with the Flyers' forecheck yet, whether it be the Penguins in the exhibition or the uh, you know the President's Trophy winning Bruins here in the opening game of the round robin. Let's get another one in here. Woo! All right, yeah, so uh, after a penalty kill, JVR got a shift out there on the top line with Couturier. I like that usage. Uh, Giroux had a couple defensive zone draws in there, so he's out. You want to get Couturier back out on the ice. Uh, I don't think he was out for the end of the penalty kill, so you get him back out there. And then fresh legs in JVR. We know JVR, his place right now is kind of on the third line, and honestly, it's hard to say that's not where he belongs, you know? Uh, Salaries be damned. He's a third liner on this team. That says a lot about how deep this team is. Um... But you can use him in those situations. After a PK, get him out there with the top six. Uh, let another guy get a blow. He gets to he gets to go out and have a have a more skilled line. And I think you can really take advantage of some mismatches that way. Having JVR kind of in and out uh, after you know like penalties and things like that. Yeah, I was just so amped up for this one. I know that the Flyers, if they lost, nothing bad would happen. But I was on the edge of my seat until they scored the fourth goal, really. And then at the end, just wanting Carter Hart to look so great, wanting him to maintain uh, maintain that one goal against, just stay steady, stay confident, uh, and he did, man. It was it was awesome. Flyers, absolutely team effort uh, in the middle part of this game. But in the very beginning and the very end, it was Carter Hart opening and closing this thing and making it possible to beat the Bruins 4-1. Uh, to one. Really liked seeing that. Uh, first sign of emotion in this game, the one of the announcers said. I think it was Forsland. He said, first sign of emotion in this game after Scott Lawton uh, went after somebody in front of the net. Kind of a sleepy start, not a ton of physicality, not a ton of intensity. Nothing like we saw yesterday in yesterday's games in the uh, you know qualifying games. This is just around Robin. But leave it to Scott Lawton, baby. Comes in, a little scrum in front, nothing really going on. Boom, he comes in, goes after a guy. Everyone's tempers get up a little bit. Intensity of the game picked up from there. He has been such a great, uh, such a great combination of tenacity and skill, and we saw both ends of it today. After the Raffle injury, right off the faceoff, Lawton goes right after Lazan. Love to see it. That He's kind of taken that Wayne Simmons role of being the guy who's there for his teammates. So that was just really cool to see. I'm really happy Scott Lawton's getting this opportunity. Uh, we've talked about, is he better in the bottom six at center? Do you put him on wing? Can you get Joel Farabee in the lineup? Can you get Nate Thompson out of the lineup? I had some complaints about Nate Thompson early in the game, but as the game went on, I I liked what I saw out of him. Obviously, he scores the goal, uh, but I thought he just made a couple subtle plays, keeping four checks alive, keeping some possessions alive down low. Uh, he's not in my ideal lineup, but it's hard to break. Th- it's hard to say I want to break this thing up right now. Same with Robert Haig. Uh, I didn't think Haig and Braun were very good today. Haven't looked at the fancy stats yet. Haig made a couple of plays, a couple of nice physical plays, but um, the goal obviously goes in off of Haig. I'm not going to blame him though. He uh, he seemed to get kind of caught. He seemed to get kind of caught in between. He noticed that there was a Bruin on the back door, and Justin Braun was over like on the hash marks. So there was no one down low, so he kind of gets stuck there. Doesn't know whether to be aggressive or just take the back door guy. Uh, you know, wrap around attempt, puck deflects off him. Not much you can do there. I'm not going to really blame him for that one. Sometimes the other team just gets lucky and makes a play. Um, you all know I'd rather have Shane Gossespierre in the lineup. 
But again, hard to say I want to break this thing up right now because he's been in the lineup for most of the year and this team has been good for most of the year. I'm excited to see Ghost in some of this round-robin action, see what he brings to the table. He could be an X-factor in this thing, but I'm not like, yeah, we got we to gotta mix things up. Uh, Forwards-wise, you're going to have to mix things up. I don't know anything about Michael Roffel yet. Uh, obviously, I'm here, so I'm not watching any post-game stuff. Don't know if he's day-to-day, if he's going to miss extended time. But uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see on Michael Roffel with that one. Um, it sucks because this depth is such an advantage. Boston and Philly, tremendous top six forwards groups, uh, tremendous uh, you know top pairing on defense. It's when you get down in the lineup, all of a sudden you can have – you know, Travis Sanheim, make a great play, dish it down low to Michael Roffel. And listen, they, they, they made a note like, oh, Michael Roffel spent time on the top line on this team. Well, yes, he has. And we all were like, this probably shouldn't be. Uh, you know, it was it was prime Giroux and Voracek. But the fact remains that you can move a guy like Roffel up and down in the lineup to accommodate for whatever else is going on. Uh, injury-wise or slump-wise or whatever, losing him, you lose a little bit of that, of that depth. You lose a little bit of that uh, X factor at the bottom of the lineup. They still have guys who can slide in. Like I said, Farabee not in the lineup today. So they still have ways they can move this thing around and uh, make up for a potential loss of Michael Roffel, but really don't want to see that happen. Roffel's one of these guys who's been around, who's been through it. He's been working hard for us for a while now. I want him to be a part of this thing. Just hope he's okay. Uh, yeah, I, Nate Thompson had a, he cleared it into the middle at one point. I was like, oh, is that veteran presence, Nate Thompson? But then as the game went on, I kind of liked what I saw out of him. Uh, yeah, Bruins carried play for most part of the first, um, but the Flyers, even when it seemed like they were off to a slow start, they did what they did a lot this year. Yeah, they, they didn't have the offense goings, they didn't have their forecheck going, but they kept Boston in front of them, didn't give up any huge chances, didn't do anything too stupid, and uh, were able to you know, keep it scoreless until they open up uh, the scoring in the second. And I thought that was huge. It, we know this team is going to start slow. It's just, it's just a thing of theirs. They do. But as long as they don't start slow defensively as well, and as long as the goalie's on his game to start, it shouldn't be a problem because this forecheck will eventually wear opponents down. Uh, yeah, the sticky puck. Uh, yeah, more jump in the second. They definitely came out right away and had that jump. Uh, they were forechecking, uh, creating more effective offense, getting those second opportunities. Like it's The forecheck uh, on the dump-ins is one thing, but what I've been impressed by with this team all year is the uh, their ability to deny zone exits when the other team gets possession and then create off of those opportunities. Because play, they're all looking to break out, and if you intercept a pass... You have an odd man rush. It's not a ton of ice to work with, but you do have an odd man rush the other way. They've scored a lot like that this year, and uh, I thought they created a bunch of opportunities opportunities that way in this game as well. Uh, Haig jumped in. That was awesome. Nasty Nate with the goal. I had to write down Nasty Nate. Uh, yeah, the depth was awesome. Starting Halak really played into the Flyers' hands, I thought. They've beaten up on Halak a little bit this year. This is their third victory against him. I think they have 11 goals, plus they won two shootouts, so you got to take those out. But I think it was 11 actual goals scored against uh, scored against Halak uh, this season. You know, Tuka Rask, I-, I can't say the game would have been much different if he was in there. He's a very good goalie, but Flyers just kind of owned this one uh, for a lot of it. And... I'll credit Vigneault again with the way the Flyers came out in the third period. Uh, you know, Boston comes out, they're trailing, they're trying to defeat a deficit. You know they're a good professional team. 
you think they're going to have the jump in the third to start. They're going to want to climb their way back in this thing. Flyers dominated the first half of the third period, didn't turtle. Obviously, you know, when you're protecting a 4-1 lead late and the you know, opponent pulls the goalie with four minutes left, they're going to have the puck and it's going to be a bit of a shooting range. But before that, Flyers were carrying the third period. It was really awesome to see them uh, smell blood and continue to go for it uh, late in the game with a three-goal lead. So I thought that was really great to see. Um Sky's the limit for this team, man. I'm I'm just excited. I am freaking excited about this thing. Uh, I wish I could hear. I wish I could read all your comments. I still don't have them. I do not know why. Uh, we're gonna figure that out. I'm probably gonna have to switch to Twitch at some point because we were looking to make that jump away from Facebook anyway. But uh, we're here today, so if I tweet out a Twitch link after the game on Thursday, don't be shocked if post game is not on Facebook because Facebook clearly wants to screw me, I'm all excited, I'm going to get this thing going, and they had something else to say about it today. Uh, Let's see what else. Yeah, Hart has been square to everything, tracking loose pucks around the net. Just looks like his calm, confident self, and that's what we need. Obviously shouted Philly Philly when Phil scored. Uh, Yeah, skill guys were getting too cute, said that already. Don't blame Haig. Uh, Scotty, man. I'm going to praise Scott Lawton again, because I think some people took the discussion on uh, the discussion on last Wednesday's show the wrong way. Like, I'm trying to say Scott Lawton doesn't belong on the second line. I'm just trying to get as many good players into the lineup as possible. I think perhaps the lineup is better with Scott Lawton at 3C, Derek Grant at 4C, and Joel Farabee on your second line left wing. However, the guy keeps showing that every time we we put a label on Scott Lawton, he... Uh, he defeats it. I thought, you know, a couple of years ago, I was like, you know what? Lawton finally proved he belongs on a team. It might only be for 10 minutes a night, but he can play for my team any day. Uh, and then it's like, all right, I think he's a little more than that. Now, suddenly, he's on the top six of a cup contending team. Let us not forget, and they mentioned it during the game, he's a former first-round pick. Maybe his slow development was better for all of us. And, hey, this is his first time with a real coach who's been invested in that, like, getting the most out of him and it's it's going to be fun it's going to be a fun ride with Scott Lawton he's just one of those guys who plays the game the way we like to see it he can contribute with some offense and he just has that tenacity he's got that intensity that you need in playoff hockey and let's face it that we freaking love uh yeah I thought there was some uh, the third line the JVR Grant uh, NAK line didn't love what I saw out of them for the first two periods. They just kind of looked like they were there. But in the third period, uh, I thought they just had some real good, hard-working shifts. I thought they got in in the four-check, kept the puck down low, uh, got some good hits in. NAK will always get his uh, will always get his hits in. But JVR was mixing it up down low. He won some battles. He was getting physical. Uh, I just I think that line could be a good grind line for you as this thing goes on. Want to see a little more out of him, obviously. But I thought in the third period, after a game where they were kind of like I said, just there, I thought in the third period they stepped up and looked more like what I thought they were going to look like. A team that can get in on the cycle and then, hey, eventually throw it out front to JVR, you know? Um, I think that's kind of their... That's going to be their role in this thing, and the way this team forechecks, having a team that can do that, shit, hell yeah. Hell yeah. I am all about the way this team is built right now. Uh, Looking forward to seeing how the coach mixes and matches here and there. Uh, They have two more round-robin games, and they have a win in the bag. They're probably going to mix up the lineup. Obviously, we're going to see Brian Elliott at least once. Um, so it's not going to just be this group, but I do think today was a great sign, and I'm really, really excited about the way this uh, group has been built thus far. 
PK leading 4-1 with 9.20 left in the third period. Obviously, you don't want to take a penalty in that situation, but you got a three-goal lead. You're really good on face-offs. Your penalty kill is good. Not the worst thing in the world to be able to clear the puck the length of the ice and keep the clock moving. And that carried over to 5-on-5 five five and even strength play. They were not afraid to ice it at the end. Uh, they they had no problem taking those defensive zone draws, and they shouldn't. They're a good team on draws. They're very good at it. It's It's been a skill of theirs for a while, but now they're good at other things so they can actually freaking utilize their their uh, their face-off acumen. So that was cool. I, it's It makes the end of games long, though. It was like a freaking basketball game at the end here. I was just waiting, waiting, waiting to come on post-game, and then, of course, you know, we had all the technical issues. But that's neither here nor there. I think it's going to be a... Uh, I think they're going to utilize that strategy with the lead quite a bit. And, man, the penalty kill, like I said, picked up right where it left off. So that was cool to see as well. Uh, Hayes, I can't can't tell you enough how much I just enjoy watching Kevin Hayes kill penalties. I, I, it's, it's fun, man. He made a play today. It looked like he was maybe going to go on a rush, a little one-on-one opportunity uh, on the penalty kill. And he passes it back, and it looked like he just kind of passed it to open space. Like, oh, shit, I don't know. That was the smartest move. It's not like you passed it back to somebody. And half a second later, a flyer comes into the screen. He's right there. It was all about the awareness. He made that uh, He made that pass anticipating. He knew where his line mates were going to be. And that's just what he's done all year. Uh, joy to watch on the PK. Yeah, Lawton, already talked about him. Icing strategy. Bergeron's head shake at the end. Just that when they knew they just couldn't solve Carter Hart. Had a couple of good opportunities. A little bit of a shooting range there at the end. Bergeron with that head shake, it was like, not today, Bergey. Uh, it was That was a mood right there. That just got me feeling it, man. Like, that made me just want to go, woo! So, uh, it was, it's back. It is back, and it is better than it's been in a long time. I, I might be setting myself up for disappointment here, but it, they're good, man. This is a good freaking hockey team. They're... They seem like a tight-knit group. They have something they're playing for. I said from the beginning I liked the um, I liked the pairing of Vigneault and Giroux because it's these two guys that we know are awesome. You know, Giroux, back to whenever, one of the leading point. You know, we, we just know Giroux's an awesome hockey player. Elaine Vigneault, uh, the President's Trophies, the you know conference final championships that he's won. Uh, he's done everything but win a cup, like G. Now they both have the opportunity. Now it's like that one thing missing in their resume, and they have this chance. I just, I'm really, guys, if you can't tell I'm excited about these playoffs, I don't know what to say, man. Uh, It's going to be a good time. But since I can't see your comments, I can only assume that you are all as excited as I am. uh, we're gonna have this thing figured out in one in one form or another. It might it's probably gonna be on Twitch on Thursday. We might figure that out. Uh, might figure this thing out, uh, and maybe I won't have to lose my mind and not be able to see your comments and uh, you know be punching shit. And my fiance thinks I'm gonna have an aneurysm on freaking Facebook Live. Hopefully we we get this thing figured out in one form or another, uh, and everything's good to go for the rest of the playoffs. I will be with you somehow, some way next Thursday, whether it's on Twitch or here or Smoke Signal. I don't know. But thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. I'm sorry about the abbreviated post game. I've been waiting for this all day, and I'm, I'm really disappointed in how it turned out. But we're here. We're back. It's awesome. Way to go. Thank you all for listening. Thanks for hanging out. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Just search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts, and boom.
you'll find us. Hit subscribe, content delivered to you daily, pre-games, post-games, flyperbole, all sorts of things. Uh, you know, the flagship show, obviously, every Wednesday we record. That's it. That's all the time we've got. So thank you all, and hopefully it's not as shitty as this next time. Go Flyers! Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.